Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. I'm Drew Sellers. I'm David Kemp. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Thank you to Drew and David who backed us in our Kickstarter of last year, giving the gift of the tennis podcast, part of which was to introduce one of our shows. And you can still do so for a couple of days yet. Uh, the 2020 Kickstarter is still running. It's nearly over. Uh, we have reached our target, but any additional funds you want to check our way, we'll be going on cheese and beers and Matt's hot drinks. Simon, what do you like having? Beer, um, wine? Well, probably a slap-up five-course meal, if that's all right, where are you? Yeah, that'll sell it to the listeners. Simon Briggs is here, everybody, thankfully, uh, I'm happy to say, here in Melbourne, because we have mostly arrived two out of the three of the uh, the core team here. Matt Roberts is here. Hello, Matt. Hello, David. Uh, and Simon Briggs is here. Greetings. Nice to be here rather than on some dubious... Uh electronic phone line where, where your voice gets faster and slower <laughs> yes that's right uh we'll talk to simon about his uh his time spent here very soon but as i mentioned only two out of the three uh of the regular tennis podcast team are here at the moment and that's because Catherine whittaker who was telling you all about how she was going to share a plane with me for the first time and uh, recline onto my knees uh in the seat in front of me well She's not here, and the reason is because that eye that we were making fun of in the previous show, uh, she did go and get an eye patch. It was hilarious to look at. It was less hilarious when she had to get a second one because it spread to her other eye overnight uh, and effectively became, as she described, a blindfold. So she can't travel for another couple of days. She's having a test on it tomorrow. She is thoroughly miserable um, we are having to send photos of ourselves looking unhappy, so that uh, even though, kind of, they're not genuine, Matt. I think that's fair to say. Well, uh, it doesn't feel quite right without it, does it? No, um, um, everything feels a little bit wrong in the tennis podcast universe. Yes, it does. Um, but you know, w- frankly, we're loving being here. It's just that we're not very happy that Catherine's not here. So get well soon, Catherine. Come here quickly. She's hopeful to board a flight on Sunday and get here for 
the Monday night podcast, <laughs> <laughs> having seen no tennis. But when's that ever stopped us? Well, she uh, is in the spirit of the British women at this event, who all seem to be doing fitness tests, you know, to make sure they're all ready. Yeah, well, we've just had Naomi Brody uh, come up and have a little word with us here as we sit outside in Garden Square at uh, Melbourne Park, overlooking the big screen. You can hear the qualifying matches going on in the background. She's got a massive ankle at the moment, having uh, turned it a number of months ago and has been out for a long time. And, and what of the other British women? Well, Johanna Conte has been in saying that she's not playing Fed Cup in 2020. Oh, blimey. Um, her knee is still painful. Um, she's pressing on with it. She's only played one match, um, well, in about four and a half uh, months, isn't it? And she was joking in that kind of uh, upbeat, bright, but sort of... Uh, sort of slightly double-edged way that Joe has sometimes that you know she's not far off the point where she could have asked for a protected ranking uh, it feels like it hasn't been a, a big injury because you know she played the four slams last year obviously had a career best season at the slams as well was it 14 victories across the mm, four of them yeah um, but then as soon as the US Open was over she quit uh, playing and, and tried to think about getting more tournaments in but every time she considered it the knee wasn't quite right and uh, it's still an ongoing issue which she's going to have to manage and meanwhile Katie Bolter we saw she's not sure she's going to play Fed Cup either so that Bratislava uh, tie is looking pretty uh, dubious um, for Britain it's uh, and of course the the tie that Katie Bolter played a year ago was the moment that things I mean I don't think necessarily the reason for it but that's when she sustained her back injury isn't it in that's April right. time and I asked her whether it was galling that it had turned out to be actually irrelevant in the scheme of things given that she was then out for I don't know nine months um, and uh, she said no I'm, I'm happy I played it it's an important match in my memory bank and something I'll be able to draw on and you know I, I wonder if she's putting a brave face in it I find it hard to believe that anyone who missed nine months at a point of their career when they were really coming on strong I mean her performances here last year really memorable started the year with that magnificent victory over Makarova which came out of the blue for, as far as a lot of us were concerned that was the match where she forgot the uh, new 10 point tie break and oh, yeah. celebrated victory at 7 and then had to uh, had to win the last three points thinking she'd already won it and, and did it's so. hard to believe that's all a year ago yeah. we, we were just walking over to, to sit outside here in Garden Square and the memories suddenly came flooding back that it is exactly this corresponding day that we were sitting around a table talking about Andy Murray having announced the impending end of his career. And another email arrived duly this morning from Andy Murray's management agency, and that wasn't good news either, was it? No, he is not going to play in Montpellier in February. He's not going to play in Rotterdam. He's basically saying he doesn't want to rush it. He's listening to the body. But, yeah, well, it's it's another delay. And we don't really know the the severity of this this issue how how bad it is what simon given we're on that subject what do you know about it well the the suspicion is that it could be a case of the implant causing impingement or or banging on a bone or just not moving smoothly within his pelvis and uh, it's a little tricky to know what, what you would do in that situation as a as a doctor obviously you know speculating on these things is far beyond any of our sphere of sphere of competence but you wonder if it might turn out that that uh, resurfaced hip is going to be more suited to what we might call civilian life than playing singles tennis um and could it be that the swing in the right direction in his fortunes we saw in antwerp and the joy that we saw 
him express in, in October and November uh, might cruelly be followed by another pretty disastrous setback. I, I hope not, but it's been a while and uh, yeah, it's, it's not been a great few weeks, in, in, not just for Andy, but for the sort of fitness levels generally around the British team. Dan Evans being the kind of the, the, the shining light who who has been going pretty well. Mm. So we'll wait and see. So the draw has been made while we were in the air. Um, Lightning Bolt Andrew Bridges uh, on our team was uh, live tweeting the draw for at, us. At about 2, 3 o'clock in the morning in New York where he lives. Was it? Yeah. So that was all the more <laughs> impressive. I'm glad you asked him to do that <laughs> and not me. Um, so well done, Andrew. It was, it, it was an interesting draw to, to watch come out of it they had their usual draw reveal can i say how much i hate draw reveals i think you say that on an annual basis <laughs> it's one of the it's one of the worst sort of new things in tennis but, but you didn't actually get the worst of it because the worst of it i'm afraid was the uh, the channel nine build-up show did you see any of that no i didn't wow that was um the, the pacing was glacial <laughs> Um, and then they whizzed through the reveal, right? So we came out with Novak, um, and he did his interview, and they were asking him about, uh, well, Novak, do you feel that, that playing in the time of these great players has, has raised your own game? And we're like, yeah, we probably have. We might have heard him answer that one <laughs> once or twice before. And then we had Azarka sitting there, and you know how Azarka can be charming or quirky, and sometimes she just veers into straightforward awkward. Right. Well, this was an awkward day. <laughs> okay. And they were kind of asking her about her relationships with Serena Williams and other people, and she was telling them another thing that we do hear a little, uh, you know, in, in other interviews. I, I don't really talk to people. <laughs> you know how she says that? Yes. Um, I can relate. And, you know, this is, I mean, sort of the lengthy silences in her answers, you know, how she does that thing. It's quite endearing in a press conference, but on a sort of live broadcast that was aimed at a kind of general sports floating voter, I'm sure they were like, "This this this chick's a, this chick's a little unusual." <laughs> um, and then we went into the the draw, and yeah, we had the old um, uh, the, the quarters came up, and they whizzed through them, um, <laughs> and uh, and there was only really one match that kind of really jumped out at us, wasn't there? Which was Coco Golf against Venus Williams, I'd say. And yeah, is I mean, that even going to happen? Because, I mean, Venus Williams has not been fit. She's not been playing at all. This is not like you, David. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, mean, you'd be, I thought you'd be very up for I, that. I'm, I'm wary of that because I want to see that. And I don't want to get my hopes dashed. Uh, no, but I, I, I heard she'd, she'd been pulling out of... She hasn't mm. played a match yet. No. And I think that that's... I wouldn't be that surprised if she ends up not playing. But I don't have any intel... It's just, uh, I hadn't actually considered it. I, I've been um, I've been too Brit centric to to kind of look too deeply into the uh, the draw. But that's uh, that would be a shame because it was it was definitely the standout on the first round, which otherwise mm. probably is fairly kind of without massive exciting matchups. What, what, see what you think about this, Matt. When when the draw just immediately appeared, and um, I looked down what Andrew had sort of shown as the potential root of each player I mean, we'll go through the draw in detail probably in Sunday's show um, once the qualifiers have been drawn but my feeling was that nobody looks like they've come out on the men's side with an absolute horror of a, of a draw all the way through but they all look like they've got a, a tough time mm. you know a, a, 
they've all got challenges. Nobody's got, nobody looks to me like they've got a really easy draw this time. Agreed. And I think the most interesting thing for me was looking at Nadal's draw, and he obviously landed on the other side to Federer and Djokovic. And in the past, you would have thought, OK, that makes Nadal kind of a big winner out of this. But I think it did show how I'm looking at his draw thinking, actually, that's pretty tough. I think it does show how those other guys have started to show us a little bit more and slightly started to close the gap. Uh, for example, Team and Medvedev are, on, yeah. are, on the, are in Nadal's half, and you know they're probably as big a threat to him as Federer at this tournament. Um, so, so could he? Because Kyrgios is a potential fourth round opponent so, for Nadal. So and fourth round, Kyrgios, Team quarterfinal, Medvedev semifinal. Yeah, and that's I mean, a, that seems a really tough second week for Nadal. And Kyrgios has got to beat Khachanov to get there. Let's remember that in the third round. Sure. And, yeah. jo- and Djokovic could have Sitsipas in the quarters, I think. Yeah. He? Yeah. Which is also you know one of the tougher ones yeah I think arguably Federer has come out of it pretty well I think he got Berrettini as his quarterfinal opponent which was probably the weakest one there but he's got his third round against Hercatch Hercatch who's been playing really well and then Shapovalov or Dimitrov obviously who beat him at the last slam in the fourth so there are obstacles for him as well so yeah I agree with you I mean I'll make my mind up at the very last second as to, <laughs> as to who I think is going to win this but if you'd have asked me before the draw who's going to win the women's title I would have said Serena Williams Same. and and I would say she has what looks to me like the toughest draw out of everybody well that section in the women's draw that just that quarter so she's in the bottom quarter of the top half the names in here Asaka Venus Williams Goff Stritzkova Stevens Kenin Conta Garcia, Wozniacki, Yastremska and Serena. I mean, all packed into that one quarter. I mean, a lot of those players have, have maybe got, got, got some concerns, maybe a little bit out of form, but just just the names in there suggest that that's a tough, tough draw for Serena. But I actually think Serena likes a tough draw in a way. I don't... And the first three rounds, there's not anyone who looks on paper... No, I mean, they're going to upset her. No, I mean, Potapova, she's got in the first round, beat uh, Kerber, was it, I think, last year at, at the French, I want to say. And she's really capable, but I think I think that match could be coming a year or two early for her, potentially. Um, Did anyone watch the Yastremska match against Sabalenka? I yeah. He- I heard about it so this morning, or maybe early this afternoon. It was really a very ferocious. decent standard indeed. And uh, I, I've not watched much of Yastremska, but with um, Sasha Bayin in her corner and, and, and she's, a, she's only a slight thing but my goodness oh, she yeah. has such a natural Screaming. ball strike and doesn't oh, she it was, it was the at, ball just flies off her racket and it was at the Australian Open last year when she played and lost to Serena pretty heavily and came off the court crying and said that she gave that amazing quote that she used to idolise Serena watching her in front of the telly as though she was kind of playing the rally against her you know doing all the strokes but I think a year on, if she were to meet Serena in, what would it be, fourth round, that would be a much, much tougher match for Serena because Yastremska mm. has come on a, a long way in a year. I mean, she made uh, Sabalenka look really lumbering um, mm. in the way that she moved her around in her own excellent court coverage and great shot selection, great power. And, and a different kind of power because, I mean, Sabalenka hits the ball extraordinarily yeah. hard, and, but and, she kind of really loudly... And she muscles the yeah. ball, doesn't she? She throws her shoulders into the ball, mm. whereas Yastremska... Look, I'm not a technician in this sport w- whatsoever, but it, it looks to me like it's just a more reliable stroke production from Yastremska, and yet the ball still flies off the racket. Well, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful ball strike. I mean, they, they say that, again, we're not 
coaching experts here, but they say that you can pick some of those kids quite early, the ones who have that extra connection on the ball strike. I remember Laura Robson was somebody who had it. Um, and it, it's maybe something that can't be taught. Yeah, maybe not. So, anyway, we'll go through the draws in detail in a, in a couple of days' time. We've also got a load of press conferences tomorrow, so Matt and I will be attending some of those and give you the, the, the lowdown on what's said by whom and the shape everybody looks in. But, I mean, the talking point really at the Australian Open in the last few days and in the run-up to this tournament, and in fact, the all over Australia has been the the weather conditions from a playing perspective caused by the bushfires and the smoke that, that, that it's brought with it and obviously the, the sheer disaster itself all the fundraising efforts that have been going on they had the, the rally for relief on uh, on Wednesday here uh, in Melbourne Park when there was a big thunderstorm going on all around but they had the roof on and they had all the biggest names Serena, Novak Djokovic Nadal, Federer Sitsipas, all, all the players were on the court. Caroline Wozniacki, and, and it was a it was a really nice occasion. They raised four point eight million dollars. Um, Nick Kyrgios said he got goosebumps when they read out that figure, and it was it was really nice to see the way that had happened. But in the couple of days leading up to that, Simon, you'd been here, you've been here throughout the ATP Cup yeah. as, as well. Just just give us a sense what it is like being on the ground because we sit out here right now and post thunderstorm we're sitting under bright blue skies very clear air today to yeah, at least the uh, clearest i've been since since i came in on monday for uh, sure i mean i only arrived here nearly midnight last night and and it wasn't bad at all and i woke up this morning and, and i looked at the uh, the air index and it was double digits as opposed to two three hundred as you've been reporting but just give us a sense of what it's been like here well you just look out the window and it looks white um, and it's a bit like sort of <laughs> like you'd be, you're going skiing or something. Like all the colour's been drained out by the kind of the, the the particles in the air, and you can't see the big skyscrapers in the CBD because they're just kind of hidden by a haze. And then you, you walk out and you can taste that kind of smell, almost a, like a bonfire night smell, and that that sort of tang in the back of your throat, a bit acrid. And you feel like there's a kind of grit in your lungs when you've been outside for a while. I actually, stupidly, I was in Sydney on a bad day and I had an arrangement to play tennis in the morning and my partner didn't want to cancel. So we ended up going down and actually having a hit um, before we were thrown off by Sydney City Council who told us it was too dangerous. Um, I mean, in a a funny way, I I actually felt better playing than I did when I was sort of wandering around. I don't know whether my chest opened up, but... um, probably shouldn't have done it <laughs> anyway that 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 morning um sydney city council closed all the tennis courts closed all the outdoor pools and yet play was going ahead with croatia versus austria um in homebush about 10 miles away and you know we wrote a little bit about it but firstly it was the adp cup so it doesn't have the same cachet that kind of took the images of uh, delilah um Yes, uh, Jakubovic, uh, sorry, uh, Delilah Jakubovic, the one who collapsed here on, on Tuesday, it didn't have the same impact as that. And, and, and the players got on with it. Obviously, when you've only got two people on the court at once, your chances of somebody having an adverse reaction uh, are much lower than if you've got you know, 15 courts in use at one time. Um, but it, it's unpleasant and it, and, it, and it must get into your head. And we've also heard about players saying that they felt nauseous like 
Shini Bouchard, we've heard Noah Rubin saying that he had blood and black stuff coming out of his nose, and he played on Wednesday, which, in my opinion, wasn't as bad as Tuesday. It's, you know, Craig Tiley from the Tennis Australia said we're, we're trying to keep um, players on unless the concentration of P2.5 particles, which are the kind of tiny ones, uh, goes above 200. Um, but it's weird because sometimes you look at the, the, the scores coming up in your app and they're not, they don't necessarily correlate to what it feels like. And, that, and that's another point that Tylee made is that the measuring devices, um, they can give quite different readings depending on which source you're going to. I thought his defence wasn't entirely convincing because he said that firstly that we, we're going to stop it if it goes to over 200. But then he said it was such a complicated decision-making process we felt that we couldn't explain it to the players. And those two sentences don't really go together. I mean, if it really was just as simple as 200 parts of P2.5 particles, surely you can tell the players that. And throughout this, this uh, Australian swing, no one has wanted to give a guideline until last night when Tylee clearly felt he had to say something because of the, all, the, all the flat coming their way. And we were asking the ATP in, in Sydney, like, what, what, are the, what is a decision that's been made this morning for Croatia and Austria to play? And they just wouldn't give us any background other than we have spoken to the experts and they say it's fine um so that's a bit of a long-winded kind of answer but it, it's um it's a, it's a new situation isn't it it's it's very hard to analyze it's it's there's a great big deal of unknown about how people might be affected in the short term in the long term whether lasting damage can be done by playing in these conditions um but it just felt wrong on tuesday that they should have started at 11 and, and, and I think with the number of people who were reporting difficulties they haven't admitted that they made a mistake but I think most people would feel they did and I think the next day they did they, they, they were clearly more cautious weren't they because they put it back two hours three hours three hours three hours in the end yeah um, and we think I mean again whichever source you get your air quality index reading from um they give slightly different answers but we think that the, the quality of the air was a bit better on the Wednesday so they actually did more of a delay at that, that in that instance than they had on the Tuesday even though the, the air had slightly improved so I guess they are becoming more conservative um, you know I think behind the scenes there might be some people kicking back and saying well do the players who are affected have underlying health issues um, and there are other players who are saying you know, we shouldn't be making a fuss when people are uh, losing their homesteads, losing their lives. Firemen are risking themselves on the ground in these horrible bushfires. Um, but it just felt wrong, and it felt as if also that that if the main draw players had been here, they might have been treated with a bit more deference than the qualifiers. That was one of the key points that came that, out of it. That was one of the complaints from a number of players. I know Liam Brody wrote uh, a tweet and said, you know, I think he'd lost heavily. And he he, he was stressing after the, that match how fitness is his thing, which one of the things he really relies on. And he just felt like he, he was out, out of breath after three or four games. It must be psychological as well as physical, probably. I mean, like you, you, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, how is this actually going to affect me, not just today, but in the coming weeks, months and years? Mm. Because uh, Noah Rubin said to us, you know, I rely on my fitness. He, he's another sort of un, undersized player by modern standards, just like Liam, who has to have incredibly aggressive movement to win matches. And he's kind of internally thinking, if I 
if I lose lung capacity, you know, for the next few weeks, is that a sacrifice worth making for for a victory in the qualifying round one? What uh, was your sense of how annoyed and upset some of the lower-ranked players were by this? Because just by reading social media, you kind of got the sense that there was quite a lot of anger there, and there's obviously been kind of rumblings for a while now of you know potential players union and that kind of thing um and i think the same day the top players were practicing indoors on the on the main show courts while the as you said the lower ranked players were having to play qualifying in those conditions does this feel like a bit of a you know a big a big moment in that definitely debate definitely supports the argument for a players union i mean i felt for the minute that i was in sydney and they were saying we're just taking advice from the experts and we're not going to give you any transparency i felt that is just a recipe for exploitation of players because ultimately the show is going to go on you know in any gray actually it's almost a it's a gray area in in a literal and metaphorical sense you know because we couldn't really see uh, very far in front of our face on tuesday but the the decision in that situation if you haven't got a guideline as a player you, i think you feel horribly exposed i mean i know i would and i on their behalf i was already thinking I, I can see this going badly for players who don't have a guideline to say this is the point at which it stops actually the the heat index um has also been made slightly less transparent hasn't it yeah the, and they they use that color-coded sliding scale indicator don't they i always quite like the old wet bulb globe temperature reading because that was clear and and a cutoff i think if i was a player i'd I'd be desperate to have a a really clear simple line to avoid administrators making these difficult decisions with sponsors and broadcasters on their backs you know and uh, and you know that the money is going to talk it's going to be interesting isn't it over the next few days i mean look I, 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 whilst we're treating we're treating this as a story, we are we, we hope that this these conditions improve. And uh, well, they're saying they, that the smoke's coming back at the weekend. Yeah, I mean it's, it's actually harder to forecast air quality than heat because you have to take into account which way the wind's going mm. and what actually is happening in the area from which the wind is coming. So yeah. there's so many factors. It's, it's a real butterfly's wing scenario. And we are we will therefore, if that ends up happening, be faced with trying to discover what they will do in the event of it really interrupting the tournament because i mean if it comes back with a vengeance how how problematic do you think it could end up being simon having been here and having seen it uh, affecting tennis well i mean you've also got the question of the fans i mean (laughs) nobody's gonna want to come and watch you've got the question of the ball boys we had a ball boy collapsing on uh, tuesday being taken ill and then there's the other issue about um you know when i was in sydney we spoke to some people behind the scenes and there was this feeling that we've got the three big stadia here with the roofs, the showpiece arenas with the filtered air conditioning systems. I think they're, they're going to be fine. But then there was the backup of the eight indoor courts at the National Tennis Centre. And the extraordinary thing on, on Tuesday is when we spoke to Jay Clark and he said, well, I went over there at 11 to practice and the smoke had all come in through the vents and it wasn't going. It was twice as bad in the indoor courts. There was virtually nobody there. A couple of people practicing. Um, it's actually, I, I, in the end, I went outside to practice. Um, and that was, uh, I mean, maybe they can fix that. Maybe they can be more prepared and try and do something with those vents. But he said they're permanent vents. And uh, potentially that, that's quite alarming if your contingency plan is to use those eight courts. 
Yeah, I mean, I I have some sympathy in it, in as much as this, in Craig Tiley's words, is new to us all. We we haven't dealt with this before, but you know that is what they have to do. They they have to figure this out. They're, the buck stops with them ultimately. Um, he was pretty bullish last night. Was Craig Tiley saying that this tournament will be happening? no matter what basically um but yeah we will we'll keep you up to date anyway over the next couple of days with what the weather conditions are like and what they're we're expecting them to be and to let you know what it is like here on the grounds because uh, that's that's what we're what we're doing we're, we're here this mother's day celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from blue nile whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. You were also at the ATP Cup. Simon, you'll have, you, I know you've, you've heard our conversations about that competition. Having been there, what did you think? Well, look, it was a very good competition and the tennis was outstanding and I think the tennis was better than the Davis Cup. Um, but, you know, the first phone call I'm making to my editor and I get, I get him on the phone and he's like, oh, uh, just tell me again, what's this tournament you're going to? And what does it mean? Uh, and it's... Um, like your mum, David. Yeah. <laughs> I think... <laughs> Are you sure she doesn't work at the Telegraph? <laughs> she, that is basically exactly what she said. But that sums up the person who is not in the tennis bubble and who isn't a die-hard tennis fan that's the view isn't it what is this thing why should i care i think we saw it was a better week than november but still not an ideal week and i would cite the example of alex de Minor. now alex de Minor could have played any other tournament and got injured mm. but the australian number one has pulled out with an abdominal injury and he did play for some absurd four and a half hours on uh, the what was it the, the Friday night I think against Great Britain when Leighton Hewitt decided that he wanted to ditch his doubles team at the last minute 
um, in the decisive doubles rubber and put out the two singles players again. So, um, you know, the, there was a lot at stake in terms of money. There was a lot at stake in terms of ranking points. The teams really bought into it and they played intensely. We saw some great singles matches. Um, but, you know, is it a perfect week? It's not a perfect week. It's better than the other one. Um, and then the other issues, well, there were a few mismatches early on. You know, we had a few players who really were only US college standard. Um, we had some fairly small crowds early on. Uh, Perth obviously had a Hotman Cup hangover. Um, they went from 110,000 uh, spectators at the Hotman Cup last year to 54 at the ATP Cup. Now, I think that that's a little distorted by the fact that Federer and Williams both played there last year. But I understand that they get 90,000 most years. Mm. So that's an issue for it. So overall, you know, 7 out of 10, pretty excellent staging, better week. Still, you know, massive questions about why we're messing about in this kind of weird atomized sport with all these disconnected tournaments. I mean, we know why we are, because all the organizations are completely disparate and, and find it impossible to work together. Um, meanwhile, David Haggerty, who did so much to... Uh, kickstart this whole bonkers process has been confirmed as a member of the IOC so well done Dave he says through very gritted teeth (laughs) (laughs) so Riggs here with us on the uh, the first daily Grand Slam show uh, of 2020 all kickstarted by yourselves thank you everybody who's pitched in more than nearly 1400 people uh, have backed us uh, so far this year thanks for doing so and you still have a couple of days to do so if uh, if, uh, if you would like to um, yeah I, what do you think about my theory Simon that actually it might not end up being the ideal preparation for this because because of how high octane it all it was, was yeah i mean we'll we, we'll get a sense of that in the next couple of weeks won't we i mean i i was really interested interested by your questions about is novak absolutely you know ripe and ready or is he going to be a little bit squishy like a like a, a peach that's kind of been in the bowl for too long by the time you get to the uh, final of the australian open you know <laughs> and i've on uh, Serbia's team, I think I saw Viktor Troitsky retired today in qualifying at the Australian Open. So the ATP Cup claims its its second victim. Really? Um, I mean, obviously Troitsky had a probably more intense week than maybe not physically, but certainly emotionally than he would have had with a different tournament lead up. So I do think that is now the second really interesting talking point about the ATP Cup: how it affects what we're going to see in the next couple of weeks here i just look at it a bit like a ferrari you know you can get up to maximum speed but how long can you keep the foot down but also how long is your tank going to be your 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 petrol consumption is a lot lower in the Vauxhall astro isn't it (laughs) (laughs) oh tennis players as cars right i'm thinking more tennis tournaments of tournaments almost isn't it yeah it's like the sydney international was a renault clio or something (laughs) Ah, Simon Briggs, great to have you back with us, as always. Uh, Anything else I'm missing, Matt? Well, you haven't mentioned how much Simon likes my proposal for uh, for reforming... uh... Oh, yes. Yeah, but you see, I was hoping, David, that you'd have had time to brainstorm your promise (laughs) of a uh, World Cup solution, because... 24 hours on a plane. If anyone says that the obvious solution is um, a unified World Cup, then my first thought is, yes! Of course it is. In fact, I've said that to people working in the sport. But then a few weeks ago, I was sitting down. I don't know why I became to be worrying about this. I was going, it's okay. So you've got a World Cup of women and men together. So 
what is actually a tie looking like? And I couldn't come up with any solution that worked. And okay, I've only given it a few hours, <laughs> a few hours thought. That's probably maybe maybe a few half hours. But uh, the point is, it's actually really difficult. And so, the Hotman Cup is actually the best model for a mixed event. But it's not really a team event because you've only got two players, and to have a captain with two players, there's like almost as many captains as there are players would be fairly absurd, right? So I like Matt's idea of having an expanded Hotman Cup, maybe with some ranking points for the singles. Um, a, lot, a lot of money, a lot of push at the beginning of the year. Maybe play it in the three um, venues around Australia. Um, and then, yeah, let, let's have a really proper two-year team competition in, in the Davis Cup and the Fed Cup that maintain a lot of the traditions of the old, uh, the old world before, <laughs> before the, I, I, IOC, uh, <laughs> the IOC's new member got, got involved. Um, but I can't quite work out how you do that World Cup, uh, that, that, that grand unified tournament that, that we'd all like to see. It's quite logistically difficult. Uh, leave it with me, folks. <laughs> I, I'm not giving up there, there just because Simon's poo-pooing the idea. Uh, and do let us know if you've got an absolutely barnstorming um, solution to this uh, conundrum. We're, we're all ears. Uh, at, one, at one point I thought you could do lots. Like, you, you know, you have like two, two men on site, two women, and then you you draw lots to see which of them's going to play in any given match but then like if you go there and you go and you get <laughs> not picked losing. every time <laughs> like you know you, you're not actually drawn to play any any stage then, then that would be pretty uh, poor preparation for whatever came next don't think i'm on board with that one look so i want to i want a fifth grand slam folks men and women country against country this is what i want sort it out come up with the idea I'll think about whatever you put forward uh, and uh, yes yeah, so do that our email address is on our show notes we've gone from crowdfunding to crowdsourcing <laughs> well you know use use this lot I say um, and uh, yeah so go down your show notes if you want to put a pitch in for the Kickstarter before it ends in a couple of days time you can do so uh, if you want to receive our newsletter you'll be able to sign up there it's free it's coming your way every single day uh, we, we're on Twitter and Instagram we're going to be really active on all those we've also got our Reddit page now our subreddit organised by listener Ian which is almost up to 200 people now all chatting away about tennis and even this show yeah well, most quite of the community show. there yeah. yeah so join the community there's a slogan uh <laughs> On our tennis podcast Reddit group. I, d- I don't even really know what Reddit is, but I'm going to find out. I am going to join myself uh, and, uh, and find out all about it. Have you ever heard of that, um, Simon? Uh, I'm, I'm very old. <laughs> he, he, and that's why all the cars I mentioned probably aren't even made anymore. I just realised. <laughs> they probably don't make Vauxhall Astros or Renault Clios anymore, do they? No, I don't think they do. Uh, so, Simon, what, what are we going to be reading in the Telegraph? in the next day or so? Anything? Well, alarm about our Fed Cup prospects in Bratislava, which are looking... Bit of thin on the ground now, big, with Conta having pulled out and Bolter saying she's pretty pretty unsure that she's going to be playing either. Okay. And we all know who's leading the charge for Slovakia. Who's that? Kozmova. Oh, okay. How dare I forget? Um, and Simon, just just find it. What? Where does the Australian Open as a working assignment rank for you generally? Would you say? Is it, I mean, is, because you've got this massive time difference, etc. Mm. But do you? Sometimes I see you at tennis tournaments and you look, you look a bit of a shell of a man. <laughs> Other times you look like you're absolutely having the time of your life. So well, it really depends this? on how the piece came out that day, I think. <laughs> right. Um, 
Yeah, I think I was, I was in a good mood after I'd, I'd interviewed Andreescu. That's what you're thinking of, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty much at all other times on the shell, but Andreescu invigorated me. Catherine had got the Heineken's out that day as well. Um, yeah, I quite like it. I mean, you get lots of time to write because when, by, the, by the time you're, you get to 7pm, your editors are just coming in in the morning over there and they, they've still got like another 12 hours before they need to send anything off to print. So you, the difficulty is making yourself finish when you, when you know that you can keep on going at, at all hours of the, the morning. Right. Um, but then when you wake up, your, your office is kind of going to bed. So you can sometimes nip out for a game of tennis. I had a, had a bit of a hit this morning with Eleanor Crooks of the Press Association. Did you get the win? No, I got absolutely smashed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to play her. He's also done himself a disservice only mentioning writing, because I know for a fact that Simon's ventured into vlogging now. Video blogging? Yeah. I don't even know what that is, but apparently I did it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Unknowingly. You just go on the Telegraph website, scroll down one of Simon's articles, and there's a video embedded in it, and it's you click on it, and it's Simon walking you through his day oh well it was, it was more that they, the, they asked me to do the smoke. to do the do the air quality and then um, i took a video from my balcony of my flat and then i was going to do one on site but then i realized they probably take my accreditation away so did it outside the gates you, you, you're right yes um, <laughs> we've checked that and uh, and by that time it was actually a really nice day and then i came in and actually I, i'm afraid I, I did do one on site because there was a thunderstorm <laughs> that was dropping hail and lightning and like, it felt about five inches of rain in about half an hour. And I, I, I would have gone outside, but I mean, I, w- I probably would have drowned. So um, I just did it underneath the canopy of the uh, Tennis Australia building there. But don't tell anyone. No. Got to make the most of this podcast because that's the last <laughs> we're hearing of Simon. <laughs> uh, incidentally, Catherine Whittaker is promising uh, video diaries of her own, off site ones, I should add. Um, but uh, we've got to get her here first yeah. because poor old Catherine. Get well soon. She's really miserable, folks. Thinking of you, moment. Catherine. Yeah, we are. And um, we can't wait till she's back with us. Uh, hopefully in a couple of days' time. Uh, Simon, always a pleasure to have your company. Nice to see you guys. Um, and we would also like to uh, give shout-outs. Just before you go, Simon, I might need your help with these names. <laughs> uh, I, three of our Kickstarter backers have pitched in uh, royally to uh, support us, and uh, we are going to thank them for doing so. But I can't pronounce this name reliably. Uh, Charles, I'm going to go for Sina. It could be Sina or it could be Sina. C-Y-N-A. Now, Charles, my apologies if I've got that wrong. Uh, If I have, let us know. We'll give you another (laughs) shout-out. Okay? Uh, George Gosling Page. George, thank you very much. Magnificent name. And crikey, we've got some names here this week. Uh, Peter Ty Christensen. Peter Ty Christensen is the third of our people that we're going to shout out. Tennis podcast listeners who backed our Kickstarter, you can still get a shout out if you want uh, over the next couple of days before it closes. But thank you all for listening. Our mascot for the Australian Open is... Crumble. Oh, Crumble. Crumble's Uh, great. Owned by Jim Boyle. Yeah picture up on twitter will yeah. be up later on instagram you, he's had a photo shoot yeah had an australia themed photo shoot when catherine was at her lowest ebb a couple of days ago matt just sent every single picture he'd got of crumble yeah to yeah. cheer up and it did the trick uh, so go and have a look at that and our year-long mascot is butler is butler ah. and i've been told to correct my pronunciation of hungarian vishla okay I'm going to go with that. You've I'm, done I, it. I, I, I've sort of maybe 
tried to correct it to something else which is wrong, but okay. I'm going to go with Vishla. Okay, good good work. Uh, so, Butler, thanks for, for being our mascot for the course of the year. And uh, we will be back with daily tennis podcast from the Australian Open and next one tomorrow uh, when all the press conferences have been and gone and we'll give you a rundown on what's been discussed. See you tomorrow. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible resistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.